You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Bill Russell, the fast throne of the world champion Boston Celtics. Winner for the second straight season of the Most Valuable Player Award. A clutch performer, if everyone lived. He's the brightest star on the NBA. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Back with us, no doubt you've uh, seen, heard, or read about the passing of Bill Russell, one of the uh, all-time greats in the NBA, but I think you'd have to extend that back to his college days as well. Mid-50s, won back-to-back or led University of San Francisco, the Dons, to back-to-back NCAA championships. He was that good. He was that dominant. And then came to the uh, Boston Celtics. The rest is history. 11 NBA titles in 13 seasons with Boston. Uh, Everyone, again, the consensus feeling is the uh, winningest player in uh, basketball history. No doubt one of the best uh, players, uh, flat-out players in NBA history as well thinking about who would be uh, somebody qualified to talk about him and guy that has a few rings himself uh, was the man who came to mind. Carol Dawson joins us from Houston. And, C.D., we appreciate you being on with us. Good to talk to you, John. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. It's really good to hear from you. Uh, what, uh, what, what were your thoughts when you heard about Bill Russell's passing? Well, it was very sad. I I had suspicioned uh, a little something because about a week or 10 days before, he'd sold his rings. Mm. And I told Sharon, my wife, I said, that's not like him. I I wonder what's going on. I knew something was up, but I had no idea he was that close. Uh, It made sense when I I, uh, saw Shaq bought all his uh, rings and then it kind of made a little bit of sense. But at the time when I, Persuaded because there's never a more fun-loving guy. I mean, if you talk about a dichotomy, uh, a ferocious tiger on the court, but the most fun-loving guy off the court I've ever known. Mm. You were telling me about uh, some time you guys uh, had golfing and and how fun he was to be out there on the golf course. Uh, Share with that. Well, in those days when he was – he went back and started coaching Seattle, and then he went to Sacramento after that, and – in those days, in the early days in the 80s, well, the NBA would have a meeting to start the year, usually in Florida, and then at the end of the year we'd have a meeting the end of the and it'd be in Palm Springs. And there was always a golf tournament at each place. And so one one year in Florida, I just accidentally got paired with him, and we hit it off. And he... <laughs> There's nothing more fun than a six eleven guy with a regular size <laughs> club in his hand, <laughs> and he's left handed, and he he hit the ball about I don't know two hundred yards, and and but he had more fun. But I'm telling you, he could chip and putt, so he was a good partner to have. So we we played together uh, two or three times, and and one one at once or twice, I can't remember. But anyway, nobody had more fun than him. I mean, if you if you watched how serious he was on the court and how you couldn't believe it was the same guy, but in life, one of the most fun people I've ever been around. Wow, that's great! So regular size clubs for a guy that big. Yeah, it was it was it's just hilarious just to watch him swing because he was left handed, and he'd hit a little uh, 
little fade out there about 200 yards. And But then when he got those other clubs in his hand, he could chip and putt. I mean, he had the touch of a basketball player. And he, wow. But he just never did. Uh, he loved the game. <laughs> he was after we won it, the first time we got together and we won it, well, he met me early every time we got there. And we, I think we won it one more time, but uh, it was, it was, there were some good golfers in those days. Uh, and Jerry West was a very good golfer. Yeah. Chuck Daly was very good. And there were a couple of assistant coaches that could play. So we had to really uh, hit the ball well it because everybody was trying to win. It was in great places, the best places in Florida we'd have it. And also Palm Springs is just unbelievable. So it was, the NBA has changed since those days. It's a little bit different now. It's 12 months out of the year. It's not yeah. like it was then. Yeah, there wasn't. There is no off season now, is there? With the no, NBA, it goes in right into the other season. <laughs> yeah. CD, uh, you're, uh, you know, this is a guy of your vintage. Uh, how great a player was he, Bill Russell? Well. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, he's an old-timey player where he he wasn't, like today, it's all points. You know, you know, if you score 40, 45 points, you have to, in those days, he was blocking shots, guarding, and, and making a, a bunch of shots. But he played with, I mean, think about this, the teammates he had. I still remember, Boston was my team when I was growing up in Alba, Texas, I mean, mm. I, I I I kept up with with uh, the Celtics and they had him and Heinsohn, Havacek, Frank Ramsey. Um, they had uh, um, I can't remember who all was, but they had they had about seven of the top guys in the league. Wow! And they just they walked over every year. They I think they won it like eleven out of thirteen years in a row or something like that. And uh, I think uh, he had about ten or twelve rings. <laughs> and uh, but he he was a t- total team player. He never did. Uh, he shot when he was supposed to. He didn't. He wasn't like today, where you know LeBron goes out and gets sixty. He wasn't one of those kind of players. He 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 guarded the rim as good as anybody you've ever seen. He and Will were the best two hours. And uh, then. Uh, they played team basketball and our back, you know, that's what he pushed all the time, but they had good players along with him, but he was outstanding. Mm. His, uh, I looked at his numbers, his stats for his career. I think 19 points is what he averaged for his career, but he averaged 22 and a half rebounds, you know, for yeah, his career average that that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's where he, that's where he, that's where he excelled. And, you know, but when you got he. he you think about it, you know you got Havacek and you got Ramsey and you got uh, all those guys he had with him at the time. He didn't have to score a lot of points. Yeah, all he had sure. to do was guard the rim, get the rebound, and take off. And he could run like a deer. And and, and it was like uh, uh, he never got hurt. He was just uh, I mean he's as durable as anybody has ever played the game. I mean. To play all those years and win that many championships and never have any major injuries was amazing. Yeah, I think the number was eight in a row and uh, eight NBA titles in a row for the Celtics and eleven uh, in thirteen Total, years yeah. that he was there. How yeah, did a guy? Yeah. How did a guy from Alvin, Texas, uh, <laughs> become a Celtics fan? Was it because they were just so good and they were easy to be fans of? 
Well, growing up in East Texas, uh, Alba had 200 people, and uh, I was one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, the closest the closest team to Texas at that time was there's just only eight teams was St. Louis Hawks. Wow. And so uh, I just you know was watching them, and uh, I uh, I just liked the way they played. I think one of the reasons. Uh, I like John Havlicek to start out with, and then, then uh, you just got hooked on the team. And, and Casey Jones was was uh, Casey was also another good guy. He was in the league a long time. I got to know him really well. I'll tell you something about Casey that most people don't know. We we'd go in to play the Celtics up there, and he would invite us out to this lounge. Uh, the night before or something like that. He was a lounge singer. Really? Yeah. He, he had a band. He got up and he could sing. I, huh. I almost fainted when I went the first time. I could, Casey Jones could sing and he was a lounge singer in wow. Boston. Huh. And so, I mean, he, he was multi-talented also, but it was like, uh, it was just, um, you know, there's no fans like the Boston fans of those days. And if you look at uh, how Arabic run the thing, it was just uh you know, you go in. The, I remember the first time after I got hired by the Rockets, I was so excited about going to the Garden for the first time, and, and I walked. I walked in and I looked, and I thought, I may be on candid camera here. But I could not believe the place looked like such a dump. Right. I mean, it was just—it looked so good on TV. Yeah. And I'm walking in, and I'm looking around. And I said, "Where's Alan Fun? This has got to be a joke." Oh, that's funny. And 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 you go out on the floor, and the floor was in sections. And it would move as you, you know, you had to know how to dribble on that, that parquet floor. Right. Because it was, it was all, uh, you know, but they, they knew how to do it. And they had a, they had a overpowering team in those days. It was just really fun to watch. I, I, uh, I don't know how I became a, a Celtic fan, except that I had to pick somebody because, you know, I wasn't going to pick the Hawks. The Hawks came in, you could hear the, the broadcast over KMOX hmm. in Alba in mm-hmm. Texas. But, uh, I don't know, for some reason I didn't like the, I didn't like the Cardinals or I didn't like the Hawks. But so I just became a Celtic fan and, and, uh, and getting to meet him and getting to meet Havacek and, and all those guys, you know, that I'd just grown up idolizing. It was, was a big thrill. Once I got in the league, I, I really, uh, I seen, I felt like a little kid in a candy store. <laughs> Carol Dawson, our guest, remembering uh, the late Bill Russell passed away over the weekend. Uh, he was also, he had a pretty good, I mean, the time he was playing and then into his coaching days, I mean, you think about those times, uh, um, social activism that was going on. He had a pretty strong voice, didn't he, and didn't shy away from that. He was, uh, he was dramatic, I mean, dramatic, I mean, about it. he was, he led the way in a lot of ways because he was trying to get, he was just trying to get an equal playing field, which you can understand that. And he, he knew how to do it the right way. And uh, I, uh, I always appreciated him for that. He, he, uh, there's a lot of ways of doing things, but if you can do things the right way without making everybody mad, mm-hmm. he seemed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, 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 and I, and, and once you, you know, once you get to know him, I mean, he's just a lovable guy. You couldn't believe he was so ferocious on the court, mm-hmm. but uh, how he would change. But 
I mean, his laugh, I don't care what part of the golf course he's on, you could tell where you, what hole he was on, you could hear his laugh forever because it, it was just piercing through the deal. And it was, uh, he was just a lot of fun. I, I, uh, I miss a lot of things about not being in the league anymore, but not being around people like him is what you really miss because of quality people that, you know, that they just, Regular guys, they don't expect anything. Uh, the way I looked at him was nothing the way he wanted to be looked at. I mean, he just wanted to be one of the guys and be one of the players and let's play some golf and have fun. And uh, and all the idol worship I was doing in my mind didn't didn't sit real well with him because I'd just grown up just being a Celtic fan from the word go, and I, I couldn't believe that I was, you know, out here playing golf. And he was asking to play with me. Wow. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, it was, uh, he had a tough go once he left, uh, he went to Seattle for a while and then work out and then he went to Sacramento and then he was there for a while and then, but he, he never left Seattle. I think he lived there hmm. from then on. It was, uh, but, uh, you never saw him having a bad day. I don't care when you run into him. He was laughing, having a good time and then. And the only time he got serious is when it got down to human rights. Mm-hmm. And he was very, very serious about that. And he, he fought very hard to get everything equal, and he did a good job. Wow, that's great. Well, thanks for sharing with us. Uh, we appreciate it. It's great to hear your voice and great to talk to you. Uh, please tell Sharon hello for us, and we'll see you and talk to you down the road. Oh, yeah. Well, well we're going to be closer to Baylor. We're moving to Dallas. Uh, in oh, month, so. that's big news. So I, won't have, I won't have as far to go to the baseball and basketball game. Well, you need to let the, the, the folks at the Dairy Queen and Hearn know that you're moving because they'll, they'll miss you, right? Well, that, well, they're probably going to have to close down. Well, they might do it. <laughs> exactly. You be sure and yeah. let them know. <laughs> okay. Thanks, right, CD. Thanks Appreciate you. Good to talk to you. Yes, yeah. sir. Bye-bye. See you. Thanks. Bye. That's Carol Dawson. Uh, I say the great Carol Dawson, uh, one of uh, Baylor's all-time living legends, player, coach, uh, the way he uh, has represented Baylor through the years, uh, and then with that, that career with the Rockets, as I said, he's got a banner hanging in the Toyota Center from his time as the GM for the, uh, for the Houston Rockets. He's got some rings, too. He was yeah, talking about – Yeah, I was going to about- say, there's a, there's a couple more banners that – that are directly related to his That he was a big tenure. part of, exactly, yes, yeah. Absolutely. The uh, World Championships with the Rockets, he was very much involved with that. And he would tell you, he's very proud of the uh, championships won by the Comets also, the Houston Comets. They won four WNBA championships, and he was the GM for them as well. Yeah, that's a great point and very overlooked. Yeah. I don't – He's really proud of that. Yeah, they, as he should be, and, yeah. and this doesn't get enough publicity or, or the attention it deserves, really. Yeah. Uh, the story about the Dairy Queen and Hearn is one of the funniest, funniest ones uh, that he's ever told. Uh, you know, he and his wife Sharon, they come to Waco so often from Houston, you know, coming to Baylor events. Uh, and they would very regularly stop at that Dairy Queen to the point that one time he was talking to one of the waitresses there and she said, uh, where are y'all headed? And he said, oh, we're going back home. And she said, where do you live? And he said, Houston. He said, Oh, I thought y'all lived here. You're <laughs> in the Dairy Queen so often. <laughs> she really thought they lived right there because they came by so often to that Dairy Queen. So that's that's CD. That's a great CD story right there. He is a great, great guy. All right. I uh, hope you enjoyed hearing from him. Let's take a break.